let's give the Lord a clap. Come on, let's expect Him to touch us today. We expect Him to reach into our heart today, this morning, the same way He did yesterday. Say amen to that. Why don't you lift your hands to the Lord right now. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come to break the hidden bondages of the heart, to bring healing, to bring freedom, and to bring a fresh touch of your hand on our lives. We thank you for the miracles of yesterday. We expect great things today. Everyone said, amen. Come on, let's give them a clap. Amen. And my beautiful wife with me, Joy, we have seven children, 24 grandchildren, so we've got a very full house. Amen. Okay, let's be seated. I want you to open your Bible in Malachi. Okay, bring it forward. That'll bring it. Thank you. Oh, you're going to go down. Okay, great. I always like being closer anyway. And much better to be closer. Okay, if you open your Bible in Malachi, Malachi chapter 4. And uh, what I'm going to share with you is overcoming, or how to overcome the spirit of Jezebel. And uh, in my ministry over many years, uh, this has been my main adversary. In all shapes and forms it's come to bring attacks on our marriage, attacks on our life, attacks on our family. And uh, sometimes I won, sometimes I lost. But in the end, I learned how to deal with this thing. And I want to share what I've learned about it with you. So I want to start in Malachi chapter 4, which is talking about the end time move of God. So we read in Malachi chapter 4, and he said, Behold, in verse 5, he said, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming and great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So notice there, he's talking that in the end times, before the return of the Lord, he will release an anointing into the earth. We're living in those days. So he's going to release the anointing, and he uses the name Elijah. And Elijah is very significant. And uh, it says that the ministry will be one of turning hearts. It's a ministry to turn the hearts of fathers back to their children and children back to their fathers. And that tells us in the last days, there's going to be catastrophic failure in family. There's going to be breakdowns in relationships between fathers who are a source of identity and their sons and daughters. And as a consequence of that, there'll be broken lives, broken people, shattered people. And in that generation, the demonic spirit of Jezebel will have tremendous influence and power. And so God is going to restore. He could have used any kind of name. He uses the name Elijah. And the reason he uses the name Elijah is because of the unique assignment that Elijah had. So in these last days, God is wanting to pour his anointing out on his people. It's the same anointing that was on Elijah. Now, an anointing is for an assignment. When God anoints people, he doesn't just so you can just enjoy it wonderful to enjoy it, but it's always about an assignment, about something you're called to do. So what was Elijah's assignment? God is wanting to anoint you and empower you today with the same assignment he had. What was his assignment? His assignment was to a nation, but yours is to the territory God has given you or called you to influence. Could be your family first of all, then it'll be your workplace or wherever you minister, the, the place that's your territory where God has assigned you, He wants you to understand how to deal with that spirit, how to uncover its operation, and how to break out of the limitations it brings on ministry. So what was his assignment? Well, his assignment was to confront a power that was influencing a nation, a hidden demonic power. His assignment was to return the supernatural power of God into the nation. Does this sound familiar? His assignment was to demonstrate the supernatural power and the reality of the God we serve. What was his assignment? His assignment was to restore true worship, worship that comes from the heart, worship that comes from the depths of your being. God is seeking those who worship Him in spirit and in truth. And the word truth means literally without concealing or hiding or covering anything. 
I found many people in church, they come to worship God, but there's many things are concealed. Many things in the heart are covered over. And so the relationship is not an intimate one, it's very superficial. What was his assignment? His assignment was to confront a power which broke the hearts of people and destroyed the families. That's the same spirit that's at work in these end times. It's what God is wanting you to learn how to arise and overcome. And so when you look at the ministry of Elijah, it was a ministry to bring people back into intimacy with God, to bring healing of their hearts, restore their marriages and families, restore the legacy of God to their lives, and restore true worship and restore the power of God. You are called to do all of those things. Every person is called to do those things. So we want to look then into this whole area. And I want to show you, notice what it says here. It uses the word heal the hearts or turn the heart. The Bible tells us that the heart is the center of your life. It says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So your heart refers to your identity, who you are. In uh, Proverbs chapter 4.23, it says, whatever gets in your heart determines what comes out of your life. Out of the heart. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart flow the issues of your life. And that word issues means the borders, the limitations, the boundaries of the life you live are not determined by your education, not determined by your background, not determined by anything outside you. They're determined by what you believe, what's living, what's operating, what's influencing you from within your heart. So it says, therefore, you are to be the watchman over your own heart. You are to guard your heart, protect your heart, nurture your heart for whatever you let get in there, that's what's going to determine how the course of your life goes. You want to change your life? Change what's in your heart. Want to change what's happening outside you? Change what's in your heart. Want to change your marriage? Change what's in your heart. Want to change your relationship with your children? Change what's in your heart. I want to show you a verse in Psalm 147. Psalm 147, and uh, it says this, it talks about the Lord, and it talks about the healing work of God. So God's work, God is primarily concerned about your heart. He's concerned about the deepest parts of you. Psalm 147, look what it tells us there. It says, verse two, the Lord builds up people builds up Jerusalem, he gathers the outcasts, those who have been rejected, those who have been abandoned. Because God has the heart of a father, God gathers people who have suffered brokenness. David said, when my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will gather me up. So God wants to gather you. If you've suffered with rejection, suffered with abuse, God wants to gather you. Now notice what it says then. It says, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up all their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up all of their wounds. So the God we serve is interested in your heart and wants to heal your heart because he knows if your heart is broken, your heart is damaged, it will affect the course of your life. It will bring limitations on what you can do, what you can become. So he wants to heal the broken heart. So what does it mean when it says broken? It refers to not just someone who's had a bit of a sad thing. You know, your girlfriend broke up with you. Oh, my heart is broken. No, it's a bit more than that. He's talking about a broken heart. The word means literally to be shattered, to be fragmented into pieces because of accidents or traumas or painful experiences we've gone through. No one gets through life without painful experiences. It's what you do with the experiences that determines whether that Jezebelic power starts to gain inroads to your life. It's what you did with what happened to you. That's what will determine what happens, whether the spirit power has power in your life or not. So it says, when it uses the word a broken heart, Jesus says one of his main assignments, his assignment, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, anointed me, what? To preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. And the word brokenhearted there, it literally means to trample down so it creates a rut, a hard place. 
So when you put the two things together, a brokenhearted person is a person who's experienced trauma, abuse, painful experiences in life, betrayals, uh, broken relationships, abandonment, rejection, and it has caused their heart to be so in pain it's fragmented, and it looks like someone walked over it continually, creating ruts or patterns in the heart that affect the way you live. So when I work with people to help them in their marriages, their relationships, I look for the broken places in the heart and the places where they've been walked over, over and over again, and hurt by what they've experienced in life. If you can find those places and bring healing, then the person's life will change. It puzzled me for a long time. We would run marriage courses. We would try to help people with their marriage. And then what would happen is they'd just fall back into the old ways again. I said, Lord, what is it? Why is it that people go to marriage courses, but then after they've been a little while, they go back to the old ways? And he said, You never dealt with the spiritual roots. You never dealt with the brokenness in the heart. You taught them how to do things, but you never showed them the need for a heart transformation and for deliverance from the powers that had accessed the brokenness. He said, If you want to bring a change, you have to change the heart. So the ministry, the anointing that was on Elijah was to change or transform hearts. You transform the heart, you transform the life. You say amen. That God is, God is wanting to heal our heart. Notice it says that God heals the broken heart. So we see what the broken heart it is. That word heal means to restore. It means God wants to get to the deepest parts of you that are broken and damaged, and he wants to bring his healing power in there and release the grief, the pain, the bitterness, the anger, the stuff that you let get in there. Your heart is your territory, and the devil wants that territory. If he can gain an inroad to your heart, he's got an inroad to your life and your destiny and your future. So God wants the heart to be restored. He wants us to be free from demonic powers that come in. Notice it says he binds up all their wounds. That word wound means a deep grief or sorrow. But the primary meaning of the word is this. It means an idol. God wants to heal the pains in your heart, the sorrows that have become an idol that you serve. Now think about this. What is an idol? An idol is a substitute for the reality of God. And so you're either gonna let God into the place in your heart that's been damaged, and the Bible tells us where the Spirit of the Lord, there is liberty. So when you face a painful situation, a painful experience, a trauma, you are faced also with a choice. Your choice is, will I open that part of my life and let the Lord come in? Will I choose to forgive and bless the people and have my life aligned in divine order so the power of God heals and removes the pain? Will I do that? Will I let Jesus save me, not just from my sin, but from the actions of people against me that broke my heart? Will I let him find the fragment of my heart that I locked away and come in there and heal it and take the pain out and reunite my heart to honor him? See? No wonder David cried out, Lord, unite or bring together the broken places of my heart so I can live, fear the Lord or respect and honor Him. So God wants to bring those broken places. He wants access to the broken places. So the first choice we have is, will I let Jesus save me? Will I let Him into the pain? Will I let Him have access to the pain? Or... Or will I try to save myself? Will I try to protect myself? Will I build a wall in my heart? Will I make an inward vow, a promise? I'll never let any man hurt me again. I'll never be vulnerable again. I'll never open up my life to anyone again. I'll never trust a man. I'll never trust a woman. I'll never trust anyone in authority. Those are vows promises people make to themselves. And when you make that promise, you literally fragment or you cause a part of your heart to become locked up, and now you have given permission 
for Jezebel to have access to assist you in controlling your life. We either yield to God's way and allow the freedom He brings, or we try and save ourselves. And in doing that, you create an idol of your pain. You create a place in your heart where demonic spirits now have access to assist in controlling your life. Now, most people don't just sort of sit down and say, well, I'm just going to open my life to Jezebel. It doesn't work like that. But every time you make a decision when you're hurt that you will shut your heart up and bury the pain, then you have allowed access to that spirit to your life. You have allowed access. Now, Jezebel is a spiritual power, and it has many other spirits working with it. So when people lock up their heart with an inner vow, they have now shut their heart, and they're controlling the pain. They're in agreement with that spirit. They came into agreement the moment they decided to shut that part of their life up instead of opening it to the Lord. It became a place of darkness. The pain the sorrow, the trauma now starts to govern their life. And what empowers it is a demonic power called Jezebel. What empowers it is a spirit, a multitude of spirits that work then to increase the pain and the torment and the loneliness. Every place you shut up now is a place of loneliness and isolation that keeps you out of intimacy. When you make those vows, you come into agreement with demons. I had one woman I prayed for, and she was having a fifth miscarriage. I said, God, you've got to help me. We prayed, and she didn't get healed. She's now miscarrying. And, and I, I said to the Lord, what is, what is going on? I don't know what to do. Help me. And he said, it's a boy. They were all boys, and immediately I knew. I asked the girl. We sat and comforted them for a little bit. And then I said, tell me about your relationship with your father. She said, oh, well, I'm his favorite. I said, really, tell me a bit more. Then it turns out, well, the mother and the father had a very broken relationship, and the father now invested himself emotionally in the girl to such an extent he controlled her. And she became so hurt inside and so angry and bitter at him, she made an inner vow, I will never carry a male child. I said to her, do you ever make a vow, I'll never carry a male child? She said, oh yeah, many times. I said, and, and I said, each of the children that you lost, what was it? She said, they're all boys. You see, the power of a vow. What has happened is this. She's come into agreement with Jezebel, which has destroyed her children. Very powerful. I found the most common way that people try to protect themselves, cope with pain, is to put a wall around their heart to make a vow, I'll never become vulnerable again. And when they make that vow, it's rooted in the bitterness hidden in the heart, and they've come into agreement with the spirit of Jezebel to control the pain. And so frequently, people who have done this, they're not even aware what's been going on. It's just all kinds of parts of their heart are locked up, and they're under the influence of a Jezebelic spirit, and they don't even know it. That's why God wants to heal your heart. See, He wants to heal your heart so you can develop and deepen an intimacy. That means to become known. How can you become known? How can you be intimate if you've got all these places in your heart that you're closing up and you're blocking off and you're trying to forget and you don't want anyone to know about because you're so ashamed? Those places are the places where Jezebel has a foothold. They're the idols in the heart. And the heart determines the course of your life. So you can be holding your hands up and saying, worship Jesus, but inside, be in deep bondage to a spirit. God wants to set you free. He wants to set you free. You're all getting quiet now. Tell someone, you need to listen to this. This is for you. <laughs> so we choose to close our heart. Now, so I have experienced, now, in my experience in dealing with the spirit, this is what I discovered was common in every person I had difficulties with. There are many things common, but here's what I discovered. Everyone came from a broken family or had suffered abuse of some kind or had traumas they had never dealt with. 
In other words, there was a whole part of their heart had been broken, and instead of letting God heal them, they came into agreement to let the spirit of Jezebel control the pain and manage their life. The Bible tells us that whatever's in your heart will flow out of your life. So if you've come into agreement privately with that spirit, it will manifest through your life. For some people, it began not just with them, it began in their family in the background. For some of them, this is a generational thing. I've been in some families and I found, oh, this whole control thing has been operating generationally down through the men, generationally down through the woman. You're just repeating the same thing that happened to you. And the problem is, you see, wherever the Spirit of God is, there's liberty and life and freedom. But if you've got the Jezebelic spirit, the person who's got that spirit is now trying to control everything and everyone. And so what happens is the people that are under their leadership, they get rejected. That There's no real authentic relationship. It's all about appearance. It's all about control. And so I found that spirit is in families. It's in whole cultures, some cultures, especially honor-shame cultures where it's all about saving face, looking good. In those cultures, that spirit is operating over the whole culture. And you stand up, you'll know that spirit's there. You will certainly suffer greatly the moment you disagree or stand up or make your opinion be known. We had one young couple in our church just recently I sat down to talk with. And uh, her sister, in her, her, the, the man's sister, had been abused by someone that came into the family. And they stood up about it. They reported it. The man was taken to court and put into jail. And the whole of their community rejected them and blamed them for the problem that was caused. That is the spirit of Jezebel. Operating in a community, trying to preserve appearances, but nothing is authentic. I, when that man came in, he was sitting in my, in my room. I said, to him, I, said, I said to him, I want to honor you for standing up to defend the afflicted victim and making a stand, even though everyone has come against you and called you the villain, actually they're in agreement with the Spirit. You're the man of honor. He, just, he broke down and just wept and wept and wept but just so, so difficult for them to break out of the generational and the family control. So, so this is the spirit, this is the power. So when you go on the Old Testament, you find out about Jezebel. I'll just share a few things, and then I want to show you just the keys to get out of that bondage. But in the Old Testament, it tells us in 1 Kings, it tells us Jezebel, she was daughter of Ethbal, the king of the Sidonians. And uh, he was a worshiper of Baal and a worshiper of Ashtoreth. Name Ashtoreth, the word Baal means Lord, Master, Husband. It means he's the god of, uh, he was the god of sex. He was the god of violence. He was the god who provided. And uh, there was a second god that they worshipped. It was uh, the god Ishtar. And that god there was not, the gender-bending god. It was the goddess of war. It was the goddess of love and fertility. But its claim was that I can make men into women and women into men. And the people who worshipped it, the men who worshipped it, and were involved in that would be part dressed as men and part dressed as women. See where the origins of these things come from. They come out of the demonic realm, the distortion of identity. And that's where Jezebel came from. She came from that background. So she sought to gain influence and power and control over the nation. Her name means uh, literally to be without, uh, without a companion, without habitation. It means literally to be independent. No one could speak into her. And so the Bible tells us that she wrought havoc in that whole nation. What was her assignment? Her assignment, the assignment of Jezebel, is the same everywhere. Number one, oppose the supernatural. Its primary goal is to hinder and stop the supernatural, to shut down the flow of the power of God, to shut down revelation. Its second assignment, shut down true worship. You can do anything you like, and you can sing your songs and clap your hands, but it wants to shut down true worship and produce a substitute, which is primarily entertainment. That's its role. What else does it want to do? It wants to upheave kingdom order. In other words, undermine godly relationships and divine order in marriage and family in order to establish a spirit of lawlessness in those relationships. We see that Jezebel falsely accused 
and took away a vineyard. So one of the things Jezebel wants to do, wants to make accusations to keep you living guilty, condemned, and to, and to steal from you the legacy that God intends you pass on to the next generation. It is a legacy stealer. So God is raising you up to stand up to that spirit to restore the legacy that should be going to the next generations, to build something different for the next generation. If you're gonna build something for the next generation, you can't just copy what you were raised in. You need to be set free from the trauma, set free from the pain, set free from whatever's got in your heart and break your agreement with that spirit and stop cooperating. Break your agreement with whatever spirits are there. Stop cooperating. So the assignment of Jezebel never changed. Never changed. It attacks your identity. So you feel rejected and don't really know who you are. And then it undermines and robs the assignment God has for you. So when that spirit is operating, you can never be yourself. You're always hiding what's really going on. You never fulfill your assignment because you're always doing something else that God didn't call you to. You're under the control of someone or something. It can be in a family, it can be in a church, it can be in a culture, it can be in a, a workplace, but it is always the same. It brings a sense of despair and hopelessness because spirit powers are at work. And our key is not to blame the people around us. Our key is to get our heart right with God. Amen, you ready to get your heart right with God today? To, to break the power, break all agreements with that spirit. So it's assignment is to draw people into destructive attachments. In other words, one of the things in its assignment is to get you, instead of being attached to the Lord, to start to attach to something else. So the spirit of Jezebel lies behind pornography. That's why people who get into pornography, one view, I had, I had, I've had many people, one view, and they were hooked into it. That's a demon. That's not just a picture on a screen. That is a demon. That is a power, spirits of perversion, unclean spirits. And so that spirit will try to draw you into wrong attachments. If you're married, it'll try to get you attached to someone you're not married to, or it'll get you attached into some fantasy. Anything to destroy godly order, godly leadership. I prayed for, we literally went around our nation running uh, campaigns. We run conferences, and one of the key things we taught on for men, this were conferences for men, how to break free of the spirit of Jezebel, how to stand up again inside and recover your confidence, recover your authority, recover your positioning in the spirit and start to be who you're called to be. There's a warfare over that. There's a warfare over that. And so what you're seeing in the culture now is that spirit of Jezebel operating, confusing roles, confusing men, confusing woman, confusing identity, and the media are taking it up and running with it. That is a spiritual power. That's why if you dare to disagree, you will have a very hostile reaction. So, Jezebelic power. And it gets into people's lives and many kind of manifestations. I'll tell you, just give you a couple of manifestations. I want to just, in the last few minutes, just show you just the keys to breaking out. But you find whenever people have that spirit around their life, they can never be authentic. Whatever they get into, they will want to influence so they feel safe. It's all about me being safe and my personal agenda being advanced. So whatever relationship you think you have, there's always an agenda. It's never what it appears to be. And while people will smile and flatter you, behind your back they're running you down, tearing you apart, criticizing you, finding fault, subtly promoting that really it's all about me and what I do and actually, well, I'm really praying for him because you know, I'm filling in the gaps because he's you know, got holes in his ministry. This is what happens. It happens in homes. It happens in workplaces. That spirit of criticism, that spirit of, uh, that undermines lawful authority and leadership. And if you start listening and entertaining it, you're coming into agreement with that spirit. See, there's many ways it operates. In a church, often it'll happen, people get in and serve, but they're not serving with a pure heart, they're serving so they become indispensable. So all the time they're serving and taking on all these tasks, you know what's happening? They're subtly undermining confidence in anyone else until in the end you think that's the only one I can do with. 
And then you realize they're undermining you as well. It's a horrendous spirit, devious spirit. And when you try to confront it, this is what happens every time. You confront someone with a spirit, this is what will happen every time. First thing is total denial. They will never acknowledge a fault, never acknowledge anything wrong. In fact, in that same conversation, they will literally turn it around and they'll start to blame you and accuse you. You'll walk away with your head spinning, wondering, what happened to me? That's a spirit. I walked away a few times wondering, what is going on? I thought I had my head clear, now I'm in a mess. End up sitting under a tree like Elijah thinking, oh, I'm done, this is over. God said, no, get up and go back. He said, what are you doing here in that cave? You don't belong in the cave. So he called me out of the cave back again. And I'll show you how you do it. It's quite easy to, well, it's not easy. It's a war. It's a nasty war. It is always nasty. And so what will happen when you try to do that, you'll find there's a constant resistance to being accountable. And so you have to have courage and strength to face this thing said, God raised up Jehu, put an anointing on his life. They said, who's that driving? Oh, it's Jehu. Look at him. He's driving furiously. We know who that is. Determined. You've got to overcome that spirit. You've got to be determined because it'll get nasty. So there's all kinds of levels of it, but you need to actually determine to fight. What you're fighting for is a future. What you're fighting for is your identity. You're fighting for your assignment. You're fighting for your marriage. You're fighting for your children. You're fighting for your financial legacy. You are in a fight and you need to determine to win. When they came to Jehu, they said, they said, well, they got peace. Can we, can we talk about this? He said, what peace is there while Jezebel and her witchcrafts are so many? There is no peace with that spirit. In the Revelations 2, God speaks to the church. He said, great things you're doing. However, I got one thing against you. You are tolerating that thing to operate. You are tolerating that spirit. You're not challenging it. You're just letting it operate without even challenging it, without standing up to it. You're letting it just be. He said, I need you to call that thing to repentance. See? So there's many. Anyway, let's just talk about the keys getting out. I want to talk, first of all, the key... If you're the one who's locked your heart up and come into agreement with control, that would be the first place to start. You can't have conversations with you about some things. You react when things are raised. You're defensive. You've got things you're hiding. There's areas of trauma and pain. There's abuse you never talked about. I've had pastors come to me, successful pastors, and break down and say, I was abused when I was a little child. I've been angry ever since. And part of me saying, you're pastoring. You're God's using you to do all these things, but I'm angry. My wife knows I'm angry. My kids know I'm angry, and I hate it, and I want to be free. And then they get free in the transformation. See, it's just the fear, the trauma, the pain. Choosing to cover it and agree with Jezebel rather than open it to the Lord and let him heal. He's the God who heals the brokenhearted. So how am I going to get free? Here's just a few practical steps. If you're the one who's doing that, man, I had all kinds of areas in my life it was like that. It was like that for my dad. He came back from the war traumatized, so he never talked emotions. So there was a whole area in our family, we don't go there. So recently I had to talk to my son. Say, son, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? It's been a part of my life that's broken. And I've had to let God in to heal it. But you've suffered because of it. This is how I see it's affected you. I'm so sorry, will you forgive me? It just, it's changed to me. He said, would you pray for me? What a joy to pray for my own son and see him free from something that was not, it was not just mine, I carried it, was in my family. My father struggled and suffered. He's a good man, but his father committed adultery. The family was shattered. So he had no one to father him. Then went to war and became shattered by war. 
because so there's a whole emotional lack and a void in our family. I've had to find my way into God to find healing. And then I realize there's also consequences. So we're in the journey now of helping our children free of these things. Investing into them, making sure there's a legacy that will carry on. Just requires, number one, humility. Humility. You must humble yourself and recognize there's a problem. I have closed my heart up. I buried what happened to me. I've been in agreement with a wicked spirit to conceal and cover who I really am and how I really am. We need to repent. Repent of all the ways that we've tried to manipulate conversations and avoid being accountable. We need to repent. Repent of the pride that I trusted in myself to control it. Trying to manage rather than letting God in. I need to repent of being in agreement with fear. So afraid I wouldn't say what I was struggling with. Do you understand repentance is foundational? We have to repent of how we have participated in opening the door for the Spirit. Most people are in the place of blaming. They blame someone else for what happened to them. If you blame someone else, you are powerless. When you take responsibility for your part, you're on the journey to freedom. So repentance. Thirdly, we need to forgive. There's got to be a decision in the heart to let go and release the people that hurt us. It doesn't matter how serious it was, what they did. Sometimes forgiveness is a process. I know it's a decision to let go and cancel the debt, but you need to engage. This is how deep the pain is. This is what I'm letting go of. Break your agreement with the power of Jezebel. Just break your agreement. Renounce the vows you made. Renounce the judgments you made. Cancel them. Every agreement. See, even if it's unintentional, it still happened. Your choice was let God in and and let him save you or save yourself and come into agreement with Jezebel. Today, you could make a different decision. Today, you could decide, I'm breaking my agreement. I'm not going to control this anymore. I'm going to open it for the Father who loves me to hear my heart and set me free. Finally, we sometimes have to go to people and put things right. Hard to go to your children and talk about the family issue and ask forgiveness. But that's how you clear the air because otherwise they're going to carry it on. The Lord showed me in a, in, a, in a dream one night that my son had an emotional blockage and went right back to the womb caused by my own actions in relationship to my wife before we were married. We had to deal with that. These things don't just vanish. You bring them to the light and you bring them to the cross. You can do it. You can do it. Today's the day you do it. Today's the day you break your agreement. Jehu could not be deterred. He said, while those witchcrafts still operating, don't get in my way. And the Bible says this, he drew his bow back full strength. He takes full strength, full determination to break out of that hole, to break free of that spirit. But it starts when you humble yourself and you say, God, I see I've agreed with that spirit to conceal the pain, protect my heart. I've now opened the door to this demonic power. I am breaking out today. Jesus, come into that place. Heal my broken heart. I repent. I forgive. I release. I bless. I break my agreement with that demon. I'm breaking out. I'm breaking out. I'm breaking into freedom. I'm claiming freedom. Come on, are you ready to do that? Are you ready to do that today? How awesome. Just finish. I'll finish one more thing. Got a couple of minutes. What if you're under that control? When you're under control, whether it be in marriage or ministry or whatever, here's what people do. For the sake of peace, 
because it's just too much pressure standing up for what they believe, they draw back from exercising spiritual authority. And I found this is very common for men. So men, I want to talk to you for a moment. Many times, the woman we married, the, the person we've married, we find is broken inside in ways we never knew. And the journey of getting to know your wife over the years, you begin to discover it. And dynamics can be formed where you draw back from dealing with things. But God has called you to be the head of the household. It's, it's a divine positioning. And if the Spirit has gained access to your wife because she's broken, she will undermine that because she wants to stay in charge and feel safe because she doesn't believe it's safe with any man. In other words, what's happened to her heart is now projected onto you. And most men feel rejected by it and they draw back. So if you want to get it right, the first place to start is on your knees and humble yourself and say, God, I failed to deal with this thing. I've allowed it to affect my life. I repent. Don't blame someone else. Don't blame your wife. Just repent. And receive forgiveness and stand back up into your place of leadership in the spirit, in the spirit, and begin to start to contend against that power. You take authority as the head of the household over the power that's affecting the marriage and the family. You take authority. You push that thing back. You tell that thing to back down. Push on it. And don't, you'll, you'll have a, a warfare. And what will happen is the issues that were not faced will now start to surface. And you'll have conversations at a deeper level you've ever had before. You contend with the Spirit and you decree God's order and blessing and healing into the marriage. Something changes when a man steps up and prays. If you have come under that spirit, regain your positioning in the spirit, stand up into your assignment as priest, as head in the home, don't go bossing people around, start to pray and then show kindness and love and concern and care and start to listen and you'll hear what is really going on. And then you'll be able to, maybe you sometimes got to set boundaries. If you're under some controlling person, maybe you've got to set a boundary but it starts in your heart with breaking free. Frequently, we don't want to break free because we're afraid what will happen. You gotta trust God. Trust God. Are you ready to do that today? Are you, there's people here today, and some of you, you've gone through a divorce and you've never got over the shock. Some of you, it was when your parents were divorced and the grief and the pain is still alive in your heart. For some of you, there was abuse when you were a child physically beaten. For others, it was sexual abuse. As a child or as you were growing up, for others, you were ridiculed and you've just allowed the heart, heart to retain these things. You've said, I'll never be poor. I'll, I'll never trust a man. I'll never trust a woman. I'll never be like my father. Oh, really? You'll turn out just like him. When you get stirred up, you sound just like him. Every now and then we see him in you because you've got something in your heart just like him. You're anchored by your unforgiveness. Oh, I'll never be like my mother. Oh, you sound just like her. Oh, I'll never marry anyone like my father. I'll never marry anyone like my mother. And so it goes on. Those things, you need to break your agreement with Jezebel. Cancel those things you rose in your heart to protect yourself and let Jesus come and set you free. He wants to do it. He wants to set you free. We ready? Must be time to get the touch of God. Must be time for God to touch you. Why don't you make a decision? Why don't you make a decision right now? And if I'm all gonna stand, I want every person who recognizes I have made compromises, I have allowed myself to be in agreement to control pain and issues in my life. I have covered and concealed things. I'm in pain in my heart. I want Jesus to touch that pain. I want to experience His healing touch. I want to experience His love today. If that's you today, you need to come to the front. Come on, let's all stand together. God is about to move to break the yokes of Jezebel, to set the captives free. Come, 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 come. Let's come. Make our way to the front. Maybe there's some been abused. Some of you have been traumatized. 
Somebody been through an accident. It was just an accident, but the effect has been the same. Your heart has shut down. For some of you, you were abandoned, and the grief is immense. For some of you, you were betrayed. Betrayal is a horrendous trauma to our heart. We, we say, I'll never trust again. That's not the way to do it. We need to say, God, heal my heart. God, heal my heart. There's others you've gone through ridicule. Ridicule as a child, comparison as a child. Your heart is broken, so now you've built walls. You say, God, today I am breaking out. I'm going to lead you in a moment in prayer. Before we do that, I want you, this is what we're going to do. I want you to lift your hands. And right now, just before I lead you in prayer, I want you just in your heart to repent. Speak to the Lord. Just repent of yielding to fear, of trying to control your life, of trying to control others, trying to control your children. When you try to control people, they rebel. And if they comply, they shut down their heart in bitterness. Just repent right now. Is there someone you need to forgive because they hurt you? Do it right now. Is it your father? You're so hurt, even the name Father just sets you off inside. Is it your mother? She's an alcoholic, bitter woman, hurts you over and over. Is it someone who betrayed you? You're in a relationship and they betrayed you. Just release them right now. Release them right now. Release them, release them, let it go, let it go, let it go. Let God into your heart. Father, I ask by your spirit you don't cover the pain. Right now, bring the pain to the surface. Bring the places in the heart that need to be healed. Just bring them to the surface right now. That's right, let it come. Don't try to control it anymore. Just let the pain come. Let the grief come. God wants to touch you. He wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you. In a moment, the power of God is going to hit you. But you prepare your heart. You let God help you. Holy Spirit, bring up the issues of abuse. Lord, those that suffered incest, deep betrayal in the family, their heart has been shattered. Lord, some have suffered financial calamities. Lord, just bring the pain to the surface right now. That fragmented part of the heart that they said, I'll never let anyone see that. Lord, bring it to the light right now. Bring it up. And this is what we're going to do. I will lead you in a prayer. I want you to follow me in the prayer. When we get to the end of it, I want you to begin to pray and call out loud on the Lord to come and touch your life. I don't want you to be passive. I want you to fight for your freedom by reaching out to the Lord to touch you with power. Are you ready now? I lead you in a prayer. We all begin to cry out to the Lord and I'll release the power of God over your life. We'll come and lay hands on you. The team will come. God is gonna to touch you. You will be delivered from that spirit. Are you ready? Are we ready? Okay, I want you to follow me now. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me for concealing my pain, for agreeing with demonic spirits to control the pain. I ask you to forgive me. I repent now of yielding to that Jezebel spirit and all its related spirits. I break my agreement. I forgive those who hurt me. I forgive them. I forgive them. I release them. I bless them. And I claim freedom now. I command that controlling spirit. I command you to loose me now. Go! Go! Go in Jesus' name. Come on, let's shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's begin to cry out to the Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I take authority over Jezebel. I take authority over the spirits of death, the spirits of bitterness, the spirits of hatred, spirits of witchcraft. I break generational curses. I release the power of God. Father, come upon people now. Holy Ghost, touch them. 
One, two, three. Power of God, touch now. Touch Holy Ghost right now. Touch, loose, 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 loose. Spirit of grief, spirit of grief, trauma. Go, 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 go. Loose, loose in Jesus' name. Loose in Jesus' name. Loose, 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 loose. Get some other people to come and pray. Get some other people out of the ministry team. Make a loose. Make a touch loose. I break that control. I break that control. Loose. Loose. Touch, loose. Thank you, Lord. Touch, touch, touch. Loose. Jesus' name, right now. Touch. I break the control. I break the control. I break the vows. I break every death wish. I break all agreements with the spirit of death. I break the spirit of trauma off your life. Loose her right now. Loose the spirit of grief right now. Touch, touch, touch. Grief. Loose. Mother, touch, touch. Loose, 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 loose. Touch, touch. Loose right now. Loose. Release him under touch. Loose to Jesus. Loose. 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 Touch, touch, touch. Loose. Loose. Looser. Witchcraft. Looser right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Loose. 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 Father. Loose in Jesus' name right now. Loose. 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 Rejection. Rejection. Loose him now. Bitterness. Hate. Loose. Loose. Loose in Jesus' name. Loose in Jesus' name. Loose. 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 Touch. Loose. 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 Jesus' name. Loose. Be loosed. Loose. 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 Grief. Bitterness. Loose right now. Loose. Loose. There you go. Go, 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 go. Loose, 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 loose. 
I'm going to ask the church to stand your hands. Lift your hands before the Lord, please. I don't want nobody expectator. Receive from the Lord. Open your heart. Lift your hands, please. Go! Loose! 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 Everybody praying in the Holy Ghost. Loose! Loose! Now! Now! Loose, 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 Loose her now. I come against the spirit of trauma. Loose her now. Another touch is coming. Loose her, Jesus. Break that grief off your life. Break the control. Touch, touch. Loose. Loose. Loose! 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 Loose!
abuse. Loose him right now. Trauma. Spirit of abuse. Loose him right now. Loose. 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 Lift your hands before the Lord this morning.